our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Oh, boy. Here it comes. It's like pandemonium, Heather. Okay, so I was thinking. She said what? I think I got it figured out. This is how this to do is life. how to do life. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. I have seen the life. Hey, pretties, it's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd. Just a quick warning. How to do life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about how to do life. Let's get into it. Remember when we... Uh, we're going to make this show like it was we didn't really know what we were even doing and mm-hmm. we were sitting on the couch in my house and yeah. we were trying to figure out what we were going to call it uh-huh we thought we might call it let's get into it you're right yeah yeah that was our original we might name it that mm-hmm. and I was thinking about that the other day I was like oh that's funny it's not what we picked we named it How to Do Life, didn't we? No, we named it the Chrissy and Heather Show. Well, yeah, but I mean, eventually we named it How to Do Life <laughs> with Chrissy and Heather. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we thought the Chrissy and Heather Show was clever, and it wasn't, but no. we thought that it was clever. And our tagline was, let's get, let's into, get it. into it. Yeah. And our tagline still pretty much, let's get into it. Yeah. But we named it How to Do Life, and um, so today I figured, let's do what the show says we're going to do. Let's tell people how to do life today. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so... Are um, we... We're the teachers? We are the teachers. <laughs> we are the teachers. And um, we are going to talk about uh, how to do back to school. Oh, yeah. Because I'm there, Heather. I'm not there yet. So this is the second full week. And the week before that, we had a half week. So uh, we're two and a half weeks into the school year into real school like actual stuff happening. So you're in you're in, you're like living in the future right now. Yes, I'm living in the future. My and house so, is still in the past. And so I am um coming back from the future <laughs> tell us to, to tell warn us, us yeah to tell us what to do and how it's gonna be i bring good tidings of great joy oh, thank god <laughs> yes I, I bring you good things so some of the charter school kids here locally mm-hmm. uh had to do a week and a half of um homeschool before they start classroom school this is how they're getting their 180 mandated days oh, in. Oh, really? Yes. I had not so, heard of that approach. Yeah, so um, some friends down in the neighborhood, their kids at a charter school last Wednesday, um, they started homeschool for a week and a half. So 10 day, I guess it'd be eight days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then this whole week um, that we're in now. They are doing virtual school like we did in the springtime. Right. And then they will start actual school next Monday. I wondered about them because I have friends who go to those schools who were posting first day of school pictures. Yeah, they were like getting together like two or three kids in front yards and things. Yeah. yeah. So they are going to be on campus. They're going to be on campus. After but a bit. currently they're not. Which I thought was interesting and I wanted to talk to you about it because... It's a very weird beginning to the school year. And, like, think about those first few days when you go to school. Those days are spent, like, getting your your folders organized. Right. And everybody put, you know, a math label on the red mm-hmm. notebook, you know. Yeah. And they it wasn't like that. So it was the first day of school, and the teachers were, like, texting out, here's the all the worksheets that you need to do today, you know. Hmm. And then they'll go to school for real 
and do all those things that you're supposed to do on the first day of school. Yeah, I yeah okay yeah. It's got to be hard on these parents. I mean, it's and, and these kids. Oh know? well, you know, just add one more thing that's hard on on the parents. Right, exactly. <laughs> just, just keep it up. We're numb to that now. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. I have been off the social media. Yeah, but I um went on my Facebook, like just my own page, and I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of the big purge, and we'll right. talk about the big purge a little bit today, but um, I wanted to purge some of the stuff off my page. I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of streamline it down and, you know, see what was important and just kind of review it, and so I went back um, to from the new year forward, and I got to take a look at how we were at the beginning of COVID oh, and how yeah. I was and, like, what I was posting and what I was talking about, and it seems like those first two or three weeks were the worst for sure. I think so. Like we were so confused. Back at, we were so confused and so uptight and like I don't know what we're gonna do with the with school and with the teaching and I don't know like what this what this looks like. It was very very interesting to look at and I'm like this wasn't very long ago. I mean this was a few months ago and we've kind of acclimated. You know we've we've kind of acclimated, which is kind of interesting. You know? Yeah, I was reading. Um, I was reading an account, a diary um, of. Somebody kept digital diary from the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. and I was reading the first few weeks of it, mm-hmm. and it was the same kind of realization of the panic that we felt yeah. and the confusion, and but also some of the um, like the enjoying the slower pace, right? Yeah, that now it, I don't feel that anymore. <laughs> but it's funny, yeah, I'm with you. There's also a certain. Um, level of naive you know yes. of, of, it, it, like oh we were so cute yeah like oh we <laughs> thought that you know like well this will be fun for a week right but remember I was like doing bubbles and like we were pretending we were in kindergarten yeah. uh-huh yeah because that was fine I was actually thinking about that uh, this morning I was thinking about the virtual school and I was thinking about that I mean we made it through March to May mm-hmm. but I didn't I, I mean, I did okay, you know, but I, I was just kind of like, this is right off time. You know what I mean? Right. If, if I was going back to school in full virtual mode, A, it would be very different. I would be treating it differently. I think the schools l- would be treating it differently. Like uh, my kids' school, they're adaptable learning because about 10 to 15% of the kids at school decided not to come back and they're doing online learning. Mm-hmm. Um and it's very different than what we had in the springtime. Like these kids are actually in the class with right. the kids who are on campus. Right. And, you know, there's a different level of accountability and there's a person assigned specifically to the kids who have virtual, but they're still like patched into their own classrooms. Yeah. So it's a really different setup. Yeah, it is going to be different. And I was um, on our last show, one of our last shows, uh, I was talking about how, you know, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about how it's going to go because we're both of my kids are going to be digital and it's not going to be like it was in the spring. And I have a new friend um, who I met in um, my um, ben Franklin's World podcast group, <laughs> and she lives in Australia, and so their school. You should do year, an exchange bag like I did with my oh, Australia friend. <laughs> well, right now we're exchanging um, virtual school 
oh, how experiences. Fun. I love that. And so she's like, I listen to your show and let me tell you how things are for us here in Australia. How neat. Because, you know, their school year is different from ours. Mm-hmm. And um, so she was telling me about how they're doing virtual school. And I told her the same thing. I was like, well, you know, when we did it in the spring, it was really we were close to the end of the school year mm-hmm. and we were pretty much like just wrapping it up like it was just we didn't really have too much at stake. Right. Now we're at the beginning of the school year and it's like, okay, guys, we can't just skate till the end. Like, yeah, we, this exactly. is for real. Mm-hmm. This is your opportunity to learn new things right. for this academic year. Yeah. yeah. Which is very different. You know, on the way to school this morning, my son was talking about, um, how do I say this? Uh, okay. My son was talking about my ex-boyfriend's child. Okay. So my ex-boyfriend is keeping the children home. Is this Dapper Dan? No, no, no. A different ex-boyfriend. Okay. Okay. So a different (laughs) ex-boyfriend. The the ex-boyfriend is keeping the children home. They're doing virtual learning. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I started thinking about how this could be affecting relationships because I was thinking if I was dating him, like I was thinking, let's say that we're just dating. We live in different houses, but we're dating And I know, like, I know him. I remember him and his personality very well. And it's right for him to have his kids in virtual to ease his own anxieties. And it's, it's right for everybody, the decision that they've made. So I have nothing against any parent who says their kids should be at school and nothing against any parent who says their kids should be in virtual. And there are pros and cons to each. And I don't want any parents judging others for for their decisions. So right. for him, the absolute right decision is for those children to be in virtual school right now. And for me, the absolute right decision is for my children to be in the classroom right now. And I was like, huh, what would it be? Like if we were dating, I would have made the decision that's right for my kids. Mm-hmm. And he would have made the decision that's right for his kids. And would we be in a position where we weren't seeing each other right now because... Of exposure, you know, um, and it very well could be. I was thinking this would be possibly when our rela- had our relationship not ended at the point that it did end, would it be ending now? And then I was like, God, what if we lived together? You know, there has to be people in this country who are experiencing really, really tough choices where one parent thinks something should be happening and the other parent thinks something else should be happening. And that has to be a major, major strain on relationships. I would think so if you weren't on the same page. Yeah. Because that's a pretty big thing to not be on the same page about right. as a couple. Like mm-hmm. for friends, it's like, you yeah, know, not friends, that big of no a big deal. deal. You know, you yeah. decide what's right for your family. Mm-hmm. But if you are co-parenting mm-hmm. and you're making a decision like that and you're not on the same page, that would be, that would, yeah, that yeah, would be I difficult. Thought, I just thought that was interesting this morning. I was like, huh, you know, like, because I, d- I definitely know that we both would have made the right decision for our kids. And it might not have been a good decision for our partnership. Right. And if it's a blended family, then Mm -hmm. his kids are not your kids. Right. Exactly. And so you don't really. And I I don't think that I would have tried to influence him to change his decision for his children. And I I, he probably would have tried to influence me to change my decision. Um, But I wouldn't have. (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah. But I could see if I were in his shoes and I had made the choice to do virtual school because I was worried about exposure, then in, if my partner had chosen brick and mortar, mm-hmm. 
then yeah, I would probably say, well, we can't live in the same house because right. that defeats the purpose it would of defeat keeping the, purpose. the kids home. Absolutely, yeah. So I, I don't know, it's just interesting. Yeah, I, it is. It crossed my mind this morning. My kid was talking about that and I was like, huh, interesting. Well, basically the entire show today is just going to be a whole bunch. Yeah, there we go. Don't forget your homework. <laughs> Of homework. Yeah, I didn't do that very well, but thanks, John. You did it really well. Wait, so you're um, assigning me homework and I haven't even started school yet. Yeah, well, you know, that, that's the whole point of today is we're going to talk about how to get ready for back to school. I'm supposed to be, my job here, how to do, I'm supposed to be telling you how to do things. Can so. I tell you how to not do back to school? Yes, you can. Okay, so, you know, we've been big fans of out school all summer uh-huh. and we've been going to Um, fun camps and then also doing some academic classes and last week I signed up my little one for a back to school camp and and he did that all last week and then this morning I said okay your new class starts at 10 o'clock today I'm going to get your login screen set up for you and I went in to my out school account and I went to my schedule and I had not signed him up for the class I had all, I had put it in my favorites, and so I had to go out and say, scratch all of that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> when I get back, we're going to do worksheets. <laughs> so now you have to find worksheets. And do I, this have on your worksheets. Own? Oh, I have worksheets. Okay, well, I have worksheets. I have good. A, I have a second grade review workbook that I tried to pass off earlier in the summer as an activity book, mm-hmm. um, which did not pass muster at all. So now, <laughs> um, but now we're calling, now it's just worksheets. We're doing the worksheets. Now, look, we're going to talk about, like I said, the right choice for my kids was to go back into the brick-and-mortar school. Right. That was 100% the right choice for them because of who they are. And so what I'm going to talk about today is mostly that, but it translates to the virtual situation as well. So if the kids are in your house, in fact, if the kids are in your house more so, you're going to need these things. So my kids... I have found in this two and a half weeks that they've been back in school that it is absolutely pure joy for them to have some structure and some expectations and some semblance of order and, quote, normalcy. Um, School looks very different when they are there. Uh, We have different concerns now. I learned that one of my children is struggling to understand what's happening in the classroom. My child doesn't have a hearing problem, but has a problem sometimes with, like, we we are learning in our family how much we read the facial expression to help with the hearing. Interesting. Here's what happened to me the other day. And so this helped me understand my child better. I went to the Wendy's. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm on this hard detox, but, you know, they wanted some exactly. Wendy's, and, exactly. you Wendy's. know, it's no Wendy's. <laughs> so I'm in the Wendy's drive-thru, mm-hmm. and I had ordered sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> when my children are craving the Wendy's, one hamburger kid's meal is not enough. They need two each, right? Two uh, each? So they get, it's, they're small. It's just so just they get, order them a regular meal. That, well, that's not what they want. Okay. They want the, so it's a hamburger kid's meal, Okay, right? And so I ordered four hamburger kids meals <laughs> and I ordered bottled water with all of them. Uh-huh. So I pull up to the window, I pay, I pull up to the next window where you get your stuff and the woman holds up four bottles of water at me and like gestures toward me and she speaks 
And I assume that she said, you're the order with four bottled waters? And I say, yes. And she turns away from me, and she puts the four bottled waters into a, a cup carrier, mm-hmm. which is what she had actually said to me. So I read the visual cues of the situation. I assumed what happens in this situation most normally is, this is your order, right? So my answer, yes was to a question that she did not ask, was to a question that I did not really hear. I knew that someone spoke to me. I heard sound. I assumed what that sound was behind the mask, right? Yeah. What she was really asking me is if I wanted a cup carrot, which I didn't. And if I would have heard the real question, I would have said no. Right. But So she turns and she hands it to me and I take it (laughs) with a smile and I move on. And I found out that my child's having trouble with this in class. And is trying to pick up visual cues in the classroom and is misreading them sometimes, just like I misread the Wendy's. Right. These masks are difficult, you know. So, and then I'm talking with the teacher and the school is doing a beautiful job with how they're managing this. They are doing absolutely incredible. So I'm not knocking the school in any way, you know, but it's just different concerns are coming up because we're in a new environment. And I said, have you guys considered those face masks with the window? Mm -hmm. And the teacher's like, actually I did. And I tried it, but it kept fogging up. And so there's all these different things um, that, are new concerns, you know, like socially, I'm like, who are you eating lunch with? And my, my son is like, oh, I have to sit at my desk six feet from everybody mm-hmm. else. So the lunch conversation is different. And I think that sometimes they try to loop in the kids on the adaptable learning platform. I'm not sure if they do it during like playtimes or, or so it's just so different. Yeah. But the kids have still enjoyed and are adapting, you know, to, to making this happen. They're just so happy to be there to see other children to, you know, they, they feel really safe and they feel really taken care of. And I think everybody, it's a very, very kind school anyways. It's a very nice place, but I think everybody is just taking that extra step toward let's figure this out together, you know, because we're all doing something brand new, Mm -hmm. you know? So looking ahead, If your children get to go into a brick-and-mortar situation, I'm telling you that they will feel joy in that. Uh, They will absolutely feel joy in that. If they are going into an adaptable learning or, you know, a virtual situation, they will probably feel joy in that, too, because I I will pretty much guarantee it will look a little different than, like you said, sliding into home plate at the end of last year versus, you know, (laughs) we're up to bat now. Well, it's much more intentional. Yes. And I, I'm looking forward to that kind of structure also. And that's when I um, when I have think about my reasons for my kids going to brick and mortar, mortar which is what I would prefer for them. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reason is that structure and that transition from home to school mm-hmm. and to being in the environment of, okay, now this is where I go to school and now I'm at home. Mm-hmm. And being able to have that we leave at this time. We come home at this time. I like that, and I think my kids need that. Well, the the best part of this year, my kids are so happy to be back at school and to be in that setting. This is the best start to a school year that we've ever had. They are accepting so much accountability for themselves. They are getting up early. They are getting ready. They have um, a dry erase board of assignments for the night and what's due the next morning. And I think that during this long period of staying home, 
certain accountability things have happened in our houses. Like, my house is a very accountable house anyways. You, we have jobs. Everybody has to do the jobs. This is just this is how it works. Um, but with this back to school, I have never seen this level of organization, this level of preparedness. Um, you know, we're still only two and a half weeks in, but... I, it's just been it's just been different, you know. Well, they got a little bit of a um, taste of um, what they were going to miss, what they were going to lose right. if they didn't get on board. Right. And so I think mm-hmm. that you know our kids have had that sense of now I know what mm-hmm. I'm missing. I think it's neat too, like the way that they are thoughtful about following the new rules. Like one of the things at the school is you're supposed to take your child's temperature every morning. Mm-hmm. And if I'm honest. Not nobody's really. I know that that you're healthy, like you're fine. But my son is like, you're supposed to take my temperature. Would you please take my temperature? And (laughs) so I, I did. Like the first several days, we had to do it. Now, now he's kind of like, all right, you can feel my forehead, (laughs) and we can move on, you know. But I mean, obviously, I'm not going to send them if they're if they're sickly in any way, you know. But um, I'm also maybe not going to stick a thermometer under their tongue every every single single morning, you know. But but I like that he wanted that you know and that they're yeah, they mindful about the their rules. they do and they're mindful about their masks and they're mindful about you know like just e- everything that they're doing that they're, they're really taking responsibility and so that is I think my biggest tip for parents who are looking toward next week to take their kids back to school my biggest tip is to give your children as much responsibility and accountability and as much of a job in this as possible. Kids feel so good when they have a say in it and when they have some control. And it's just so, so, so healthy for them. I have handed everything to do with prepping for school to my kids. Of course, I guide them, you know. All right, what classes do you have tomorrow? Put all of the stuff you need for that. Because the middle school at my children's school is not using lockers. So they're carrying everything on their backs every day Mm. to and from, which, I mean... Is not ideal, but is also it, it is, it is where we it are. Is. It's where we are, and it's okay, you know. So every night we basically have a home locker, mm-hmm. you know. And I've told their dad to organize it the same way. I'm like, all of the stuff in one place, just like a locker at school. You have to keep it all here. And on Fridays when we transfer, you have to bring me the whole locker, mm-hmm. and I will bring you know like anything that's left and. She only takes with her what she needs for that day, you know, those classes that she's going to, you know, to be in. And, you know, having her accountable for it, but me guiding her, um, having a space set up, you know, because it might be a little different like it is at our house. It's a little different. We don't have, you know, it's not everything's shoved in a locker at school and you go there and you dig through it and you figure everything out. It's planning from home. So there's a real coordination that's needed this year beyond any other school year. Well, and those are skills that she's going to take with her into adulthood. Right. You know, and I think that I, I've been doing some of the same type of organization at my house because um, each of my boys needs to have their own dedicated space. Like in the back in the spring, it was we were moving laptops all around the house mm-hmm. and it was very nomadic. And yeah, I really I want work, I work in the living room for a little bit and right. I work in my bed and I yeah, yeah like because we were mm-hmm. trying to piece together like right. our own work mm-hmm. and now um, this time around they each have a dedicated space that mm-hmm. is for school and I'm really you know want everything to happen there and so the next couple of weeks are going to be about 
setting that space up mm-hmm. and respecting what it's for and really taking seriously how important it is to stay organized and yeah. it's not going to be like it was in the spring when it was we get it done when we get it done mm-hmm. because we're going to have the same type of situation where there's going to be some virtual um, the kids that are virtual and the kids that are brick and mortar are working together at the same time on right. things mm-hmm. and you have to show up for that right so um but you know i'm i'm still in um I'm still in the we'll see how it goes and then adapt phase mm-hmm. where you've you've had a couple of weeks to right to adapt. Well, and that is the other thing, uh, you know, so giving your kids as much responsibility as possible uh, and giving them, you know, the control of the situation is number one. The second thing is a schedule. Now, I gave them as much control of that schedule as possible, too. But there are certain things that we needed to get done. There's a certain task list. And so we have developed a really clear outline of how our days go. And it this is a piece that would need to be even more severe, I guess, if um, if they were, you know, it'd have to be like English happens at this time and right. math happens at this time. You know, so what, what we kind of have is when you get home from school, you don't have anything to do until 4.30. And at 4.30, you empty out your lunchbox and... Um, and then you do your homework. So that's it, 4.30. And then when that's over, you know, we eat like sometime, you know, 5.30, 6, 6.30, somewhere in there. And then um, at 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock is when we put away our electronics. We repack the stuff that we need for the next day. We repack the lunchbox. We take our showers. We do our reading and our reading log and we sign any papers that mom needs to sign. And, you know, and then we're usually done with all that by nine and we negotiated our bedtime. Our bedtime is 940 now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, my kids have always liked, you know, a, like five extra minutes, like a 935 <laughs> or a, like 905, you know. So we're up to 940, which is pretty late. I think that's pretty, I think that's late. That's, that's late for late. me. Yeah, that's pretty late. So nine four, But they're usually in their room, like chilling by nine. Yeah. You know? um, the other thing that we've done is we've coordinated this exact same schedule at dad's house. Oh, good luck with that. It's been really good. Good. Um, dad's girlfriend and I had dinner and kind of set some expectations. And I told her how to, you know, best manage these people. And, yeah. Uh, I got a really good report from his week. Oh, good. Um, which was really, really nice. Um, and it's really nice to see him, to see their dad, you know, text me things like I'm really really proud of them yeah you know so uh he has seen too that some organization and some structure you know really really help um I just wanted to like stress that these things are okay because I think that sometimes I get hard on myself like I'm like I don't want to be seen as a control freak I don't want to be seen as someone who needs you know like to to run the situation but and so sometimes I kind of bunk against that, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, because we're pendulum swingers. Right. And, mm-hmm. You know, like it's either super rigid or super. But it's not. It doesn't have to be either one. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be either one. You don't have to feel like like human beings strive for some level of consistency. And that's OK. And it's helpful. And I have found that getting rid of all the peripheral junk and just setting expectations for here's what has to happen every day is really, really helpful. Regaining some control in these crazy, crazy times where there's very little that 
we get a say in. We don't know what's going to happen in the health of our country right now. We don't know if we're going to get to keep going to the school. All we have is the little things that we can control, and it's okay to rein those in. And that's where I wanted to kind of spin and talk about, like, my purge that I've been doing. Yeah. Because me taking control of these little things has really made me feel a lot better. Yeah. Like it, it's really helped my dis- disposition. It's, and that's why I think, wow, this is so great that I got this together a week or two before my kids started school. So, because now I can, I can help them have the same level of, it's just a level of calm because yes, not everything is predictable and there's chaos all around us, but we can make some things predictable and some things calm and it makes our life smoother and it makes us feel better and it grounds us. Mm -hmm. And that is really cool. You know, that's really, really good. So for me, you know, we had the, we had the breakup, Mm -hmm. the breakup hurt, the breakup was no good. Right. And then I had, um, some friends that I just started limiting that were just taking a lot of emotional energy and a lot of time, and I needed to kind of calm that down. And then I decided I needed to stop drinking alcohol because, truthfully, alcohol, for me, is not like a way to relax and not have your problems. It's a problem causer, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was interesting when I was looking back through that Facebook um, in the beginning of the COVID stuff, I was posting a lot about like, hey, there's a lot of threats to sobriety out there right now, mm-hmm. and I hope everybody's okay, and here's some things that you can do, and I was really mindful about it, and um, and then, you know, it was like, oh, and I'm out for a glass of right. wine, <laughs> and then, you know, like, and it became, it, it, I reintroduced it as a coping strategy for mm. a period of a few months, mm-hmm. you know, I would say probably mid-April through mid-July or late July, you know, so, and I brought that back into my life. I think a lot of people did. I think so too. I know I'm not the only one. And that's not the only vice either. People brought other vices back into their Mm -hmm. life, things that maybe they limited, or maybe it was already a part of their life, but they amped it up or did a little bit more. Um, And I found that that didn't work for me. Now, right now, now that I've decided to go 100% no alcohol again because what it was when COVID started I could have a glass of wine once in a while and that was it and it was fine then when it became a coping strategy again is when it started to get bad you know so for now and maybe forever I don't know you know my my relationship with my vices evolves day to day just Mm -hmm. like everyone else they all take turns you know they all yeah exactly (laughs) um but for now you know it's totally out and there are moments, like there are certain places that kind of, like if I go to the clubhouse in my community, that's a place where I would usually have a glass of wine, you know? So, and sometimes I'll be out for a run and I'll be like, I want to stop and have a glass of wine because that kind of became a habit in the past couple months, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, so, so there's not, it, it's not that there are no moments that I want it, but I do, I, I definitely am back in a mindset because I'm controlling so many other things in my life and because I see the benefits of that control where I'm like, yeah, but you just really want to go get it because you're bored or because you're lonely or because you're whatever, you know what I mean? Like, or because you've trained your brain that when I come to this part, this is what I do. This is what I do. Yeah. And so exactly. your brain is like, so I'm ready. breaking a habit. Right. Yeah. So it's just noticing, oh, I used to do that, but now I don't. But now I don't. Yeah. And it's not like painful or no. anything. It's just observational. Yeah. You know, it's just something to observe. Right. 
So once I started purging out those things and I was like, well, what else can I control in a positive way? Right. You know, like this isn't about like a heavy hand, you know, like, oh, this is going to solve everything. It's, it's just about what what other positive changes can I make in my life, you know? So then I was like, well, you know what? I feel like I'm on the social media too much. Mm-hmm. And so I cut that out. And I've done a pretty good job cutting it out. It's not perfect. Like I look at it occasionally, but I haven't uh, like... A, a big thing that I would get up in is like the Instagram stories, right? Knowing what everybody's doing, and you know, like just I'm very nosy. I like to know what everybody's up to. I'm not doing. I'm not looking at them at all. Um, once in a while, I go in because I don't like to have forty thousand notifications, right? So I just click on it, and I see that you're doing nice things on our show page, <laughs> and I'll be like, "Yay, Heather!" And then I go away from it, you know. Right. And I'm not looking at hardly at all, and I'm not commenting. I'm not liking. I'm not responding. I'm not. Nothing. I'm that, just, that's the ra- you know? the real rabbit hole. Yeah, is mm-hmm. when because when I took my social media break, I would go on and see did anybody contact me about something urgent, right? And then I would you know just kind of check to make sure, but mm-hmm. but I would not look at my newsfeed, right? Because that's where I would go into the rabbit hole and I right. just start scrolling. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm avoiding too. You know, yeah. so it's not that I never 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 click on it, but I'm not doing anything on it. Yeah, and there are certain rabbit holes that I definitely want to go down and I'll see it there and it's a temptation. So sometimes it is easier just to not go on at all because when you see it, when you see, mm-hmm. yeah, I could go click on that person and know the things uh-huh. you know, like, no, I don't need to. Cause you know what? The people who really care about me and who really want to know what's happening in my life, they find me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. actually find me. They reach out to me and it's good. Yeah. You know, it's totally good. So I added that, and then I decided to add an eating cleanse, which is going okay until I realized I had the ingredients to make sugar cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Then that, you know, kind of went down for a second. But all of these things I'm not being rigid with, you know, because I'm recognizing that you're cutting a lot of things out of your life at once, little girl, Mm -hmm. you know, and you got to give yourself a little bit of grace. But also any positive steps that you take are significant progress, you know, so... Yeah. Did I eat some sugar cookies? Hells yeah, I did. You know? But also, you know, I made some some positive stuff. And you, like you said, how you adapt along the way. So I was weighing myself, like, every day. I wanted to see the progress of what I was doing. And I was down, like, five pounds in a week, and that wasn't good enough for me. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm such. I'm like, like, I want instant gratification. I want to be down, like, ten pounds. You know, like, I'm, I'm so... I had to stop. Yeah. Because then the day Pendulum. that I ate the sugar cookies, then it goes up and you go up like, you're like I regained three pounds. You know, those scales aren't even very accurate. I have a garbage scale. <laughs> I haven't weighed myself in, I think the last time that I weighed myself, I may have been pregnant. You know what? I hadn't weighed myself in a long time either. And I introduced weighing into my detox thing. And then I was like, this is a piece to cut yeah, out. Yeah. This I'd is not a healthy component. <laughs> no. This is a bad part. Yeah. Like you, like. I've always tried to be with with my weight and with my health and everything mindful of how I feel and yeah. how I how I perceive myself to look, mm-hmm. you know, and not what the number on the scale is. And I had to work really hard to train myself to that. Yep. So I recognized pretty quickly within like four days. I recognized 
this is a bad piece to introduce. This is not going to be good for you. You know, so being adaptable as you make those changes and figuring out the parts of it that are healthy for you and the parts of it that aren't, you know. Well, that's kind of where I am right now looking at the beginning of the school year because we've never done school like this before. And Mm -hmm. I see it as an opportunity to chart a new course and to try something new and to have like a family meeting of, okay, so this is a big opportunity for us to do something different. How do we think it would be best if we could create our own universe here? What would be the way that we live? Mm -hmm. And then be open, you know, remembering that we need to be open to adapting as we go along. That just, you know, the, the day that we sat down in August and thought this would be great, you know, we saw things one way, but a couple of weeks in, we know more now we can adjust. And I, and I think I'm looking forward to having that time with my family to identify what's the flow of our day going to be. What are the, the most important things that we get done every week? And then remembering to adjust as we go through and as circumstances change. Right. Just like when we looked back at those Facebook posts and we saw how wild we were at the beginning of COVID and we've Mm -hmm. adapted and we've changed and we've found better ways to do it. And we're going to continue to do that. So I would say that for the school year, the two biggest things that you can do, set up a nice schedule, but don't be rigid to it. You know, have room for adaptability and give your children as much choice, as much wiggle room as much of their own expectation setting and being able to control their own lives as possible. Don't try to control other people's lives, but take control of as many things as you can in your own life. So that's your advice from the future. That's my advice from the future. (laughs) And guys, I'm telling you, it feels great. Yeah. I can't wait to feel great. Regaining control through having less and through kind of getting rid of the things that aren't working for you feels really great. So Marie Kondo it. If it doesn't spark joy, (laughs) let it go. But also, I guess my last piece of advice for the day, this is a real advicey day. Um, (laughs) Really? This is a whole, um, might I I recommend? The whole day is homework. Yeah, the whole day is, here's what you can need to go do. But really look at the things in your life and figure out if they're only sparking temporary joy. Hmm, I like that. Yeah, you're trying to build toward long-term joy. You're trying, like, so if it's just a moment and then you feel bad after it later, that's how alcohol is for me, right? right? Mm-hmm. So it sparks a temporary joy. It's a temporary release. But long-term, I feel right. like garbage, you know? So that's mm-hmm. just an example. There are other things like that in your life. So take a look at your own life. Is it really sparking long-term joy? Yeah, real joy. And... Don't get stuck in the things that are sparking just a moment. Get stuck in the things that you're building to last. I like that. And I think you know, you know the difference when you feel it. You know whether Mm -hmm. that's just the instant gratification of, ooh, yeah, I want that. Or whether it's, this is important for my life. Right. I totally agree. And that's pretty much it. That's that's the big advice of the day. That's how to get back to school, how to get back to um, parenting homeostasis, how to get back to life, how to do life. How to do life. Until next time. Bye. Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. 
That's with a C H R Y S S Y. Like, share, and subscribe. And tell everyone you know. Until next time.